Imagine if each morning when you wake up, you're smiling and looking forward to your day, knowing you are happy even while you're dealing with grief and loss. The Grief and Happiness Podcasts inspires, comforts, and supports you with each new episode. I'm Emily Zerothret, welcoming you to explore with me your life of endless possibilities. Aloha. I am so happy you're joining us today, and I'm very excited about our guest. Rachel has created something that I love, <laughs> and I, I use every day, actually, which is, is fun for me. And I've also been giving it as gifts, and people really appreciate it. So we will uh, tell you the exciting thing that she is doing. Hi, Rachel. Can you tell us a little bit about you? Sure. Um, so... Almost 15 years ago now, my baby daughters died. Ellie was seven days old when she died, and Aubrey was 13 days old when she died. And that sort of propelled me into um, an experience of grieving, right into a, a, a time of my life that I never imagined being in, never thought would ever be part of my existence. And I realized very quickly that I was going to have to decide how I was going to respond to this horrible event in my life that I couldn't control. And I also felt very unsupported. I felt it was kind of a, a mysterious thing, even though grief has happened from the dawn of time, even though people have lost loved ones since the very beginning. I didn't feel supported. I felt confused. And I knew that I was going to have to wade through this process. And part of that process was realizing that I needed tangible things, like things that I could actually hold in my hand that I could do for myself every day. So my sister and I put our heads together and we developed a line of T's and they're called T-Motions and there are six different T's, each one with a unique blend of adaptogens and superfoods and other healing herbs that actually go to work to help you decide how you want to feel during situations where your feelings you feel are hijacked, right? By stress, by overwhelm, by grief, by loss, by trauma, by difficulty, and these teas, and it was never our idea to have a business or have a company. It was only our idea to give me tools to help me bridge this gap between losing my baby girls and re-entering life, figuring out how I was going to do life again. But the teas worked so well for me. They were so effective that it was an amazing ritual. The herbs actually help to work inside your body, to build you back up, to strengthen you, to help with the stress overwhelm. And we just couldn't keep them to ourselves, quite frankly. We just we just couldn't be like, oh, these are just for us. And so we we built a business. And since then, we've been working together, gosh, for the last 15 years. And then since then, I also developed my own program to help grievers move from hurting to healing. And so I teach my program. It's um, I work under the the name the Grief Gal, and I believe my program has has helped a lot of people. And so you combine the tea with my program, and you get a very effective support system for grievers that takes them outside of the misinformation and the myths and the confusion, sort of navigating grief on their own. And you give them practical tools, practical insights 
tangible ways to move themselves to their pain so that if they want to, if that's a choice that they're making for themselves, they want to see a purposeful and meaningful life on the other side of loss, they get the full support in every area of their life. I don't want I don't want any griever. One of the things that breaks my heart, so I'll back up for a second. One of the things that breaks my heart the most is when people come up to me and say, where were you five years ago? Or where were you three months ago? Or like, I could have used you X, Y, Z. And my sister and I are both completely committed to making sure that people have the tools and the resources that they need. Because grief is not actually something that we have a download in our brain that says, oh, when the worst thing in the world happens to you, this is how to handle it. Grief skills are actually life skills. They have to be learned. And grievers deserve support while they transition into learning how to put the pieces of their heart back together to move forward with life. And some of those resources are tangible. Some of them are spiritual. Some of them are emotional. Some of them are relational. We put all the pieces back together but I never want a griever to say, I didn't know that I had options. I didn't know that I had choices. I didn't know that I had support. So that's my mission in life is to make sure that when people find themselves in this heartbreaking place that they did not choose, right? Like we don't ask for grief. Grief just happens. Loss just happens. We, we don't get to control that. But we do get to control how we respond and we can respond in a way that actually helps us heal if we know that we have options and we have choices. If we don't know what those choices are, then we don't know what to do. And that breaks my heart when people say, I didn't know that this was an option for me, or I didn't know that this support was available to me. So that's what I do now. That is so wonderful. I I had heard myself so many times exactly what you're talking about because if for some reason grief is still in our society kind of taboo and it's it happens to all of us so it's it's really remarkable that all of us aren't aren't paying attention to it and supporting each other through it but sometimes I think people are afraid if they talk about it it's going to happen to them so they they don't want to get in that area but I agree. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. It's, I think, you know, when, when you become a griever, this grieving world lights up for you and it's not a world you ever wanted to be in. So it's difficult to be there, but two things are exposed. One, the first one is how hard it is to grieve. Just to be a griever is an incredibly painful thing. And then the second thing that gets exposed is how hard it is for people to watch people grieve because it triggers in them every worst nightmare that they're afraid of, right? One of the things in, in the grief community and the grief world that I think deserves to get talked about and sort of a myth that deserves to be unraveled is people say, oh, I, I can't imagine, right? I have no idea. I can't imagine. And in a literal sense, that is true, okay? If you haven't been through that experience, you don't know exactly what it's like. And I think that's important to have space. We don't wanna assume that we understand what someone else is going through if we actually haven't gone through it, right? That's just respect. But at the same time, because we are human beings who are aware of life and relationships and feelings, and we have brains that work and hearts that work, I think it's actually much easier for us than we want to admit 
to look at someone who is hurting, who has lost someone, who is devastated and think, oh my gosh, if that was me, I don't know how I would get through it. And someone else's loss and someone else's grief is their greatest fear. It's their greatest nightmare because it's not that we can't ever understand. Oh, I just don't understand what you're going through. It's actually because with our imagination, maybe we don't understand, but we can imagine. And that imagination is terrifying because every single one of us, if we have the capacity to bond and love people, we fear losing those bonds and losing those people that we love. And so creating support and education and information and awareness around, yeah, this is a really hard experience, but no one is exempt from it. But there are things you can do. There's support you can find helps people lean in instead of step out. Because grief as much as as it is our own personal experience. We really don't go through anything in life without relationship. So when people step back from us in our grief, it makes it even more scary. But the only reason why they're stepping back from us is because they're scared. That's right. That that is so uh, so common that I think fear is is one of the biggest problems that that people have because they just don't know how it's going to affect them. They don't want to open the door and let it in. It's, it's very hard. I know I've, I've sometimes just listening to people's stories is, is hard for me to get through without tearing up myself. And I don't feel like I'm being supportive if I'm just sitting there crying. So it's very important for all of us to be able to talk to each other and talk to someone and know that there's help out there know that there's support out there it used to be that my my first loss that really affected me i'd had have people family members and things die before this but my first pregnancy i lost halfway through and i really figured after 20 weeks that for sure i was going to have the baby and i didn't mm, and i'm so sorry yeah back mm. back in those days that was a long time ago people didn't talk about things like that i had never heard of anybody losing a baby i didn't know that it was possible and i mm. thought i was a tremendous failure and didn't have a clue who to talk to and never did find anybody to talk to at that point. And it, it took me years to work work through it because of that. And nowadays, with especially with the internet and all the, the people that are working on grief, we're able to get that help and support. The thing is, we just need to be open to it and we need to reach out for it. One of the things that I tell my clients all the time is that There's sort of a myth in the grief world that the only people who can support you are people who understand you, right? Mm -hmm. Who've had your loss and understand you. But if we really dive down that rabbit hole, we find that even someone who has a similar loss to us still has more differences than similarities, right? They're a different person. They have a different personality. They have a different perspective. Their loss meant something different to them. They had a different connection. It was at a different time or a different age. And so if we're trying to just find people who had our exact loss, who can understand what we're feeling, we're going to be hugely disappointed. 
But instead, if we start searching for people who care instead of people who understand, we find that there's actually so many similarities to the grief experience, even if our losses are not similar at all, that we can connect on those similarities. I cannot tell you how many times I've talked to somebody who has a loss that's nothing like mine. But when I say, I felt so powerless in my pain, all I wanted to do was be able to do something and I could do nothing. And I hated that sense of powerlessness. Everyone in the room says, I felt powerless too. I felt that way. I know what that's like. That's similar to me. Even though our losses were not similar at all, our pain was similar. Our experiences were similar. Our emotions were similar. And so shifting the grief culture into help, because one of the things I help my clients do is build a support system for themselves. People will not come and rescue you. You have to build the support system that you need. It's a harsh reality, but it's true. Nobody is going to understand what you need. You have to ask for what you need and advocate for yourself. But if we change our expectations to pulling in people who just care about our pain, even if they haven't shared our exact pain, the healing that takes place, the connection that takes place, the awareness that takes place is transformational, right? And so that's that definition. Like some people run away because they are afraid and, and I'm not judging them. I understand it's a scary thing, but there's a lot of people willing to lean in even though they don't understand exactly what you're going through, they deeply care about what you're going through. And the caring is more healing than the understanding can ever be. That's so beautifully stated. I, I really appreciate that. And it's a message that that is very important for people to hear and follow and go along with. And there are people out there that, that can listen to you, that can support you, that can talk to you, and that you can listen to them and support them and talk to them. We're all in this together. And, and when we can do that, it's, it's, a, it's a beautiful thing. Well, I remember some of the people in my life that were the best support for me were really just the people that hugged me and said nothing. Right? And that was that moment that I learned that I don't need to take a resume of your grief and your loss and your experience and measure you and say, do you get me? Do you understand me? Because when their arms were around me, I could just feel that they cared about me. And that's what I needed. I needed somebody to care about how much pain I was in. Absolutely. That, that's just so important. And, and it's a, it's a lovely actually free gift that we can hand out freely, you know, it, it, with anybody. It, it doesn't have to be somebody you know. It can be a stranger. Right. Well, and I also hope that that's an encouragement to the people who are afraid, who think, oh, my gosh, I have no idea what you're going through. I have no idea what you've experienced, right? I haven't gone through your loss. And instead of running away, they lean in. Right. Instead of saying, I'm out, call me if you need me, they wrap their arms around you and just give you a hug. That might make an enormous difference because even though you're afraid and even though you can't specifically identify to the loss, you don't 
have to specifically identify to the loss to be an enormous source of support and encouragement. That's right. Can you tell us how the grief gal works? Is it one-on-one? Is it in a group? Is it online? Is it in person? Tell us about it. Yeah. So right now I do one-on-ones and I'm developing a group course because there's just so much need for a group course. And eventually someday I will do a self-led course as well. I'm a firm believer that grief support should not just be for people who have a lot of money. Grief does not discriminate. It happens to everybody. Therefore, everybody should be able to have access. That's even why I offer all kinds of free things. I have a website, an Instagram, you know, a Facebook page, because I want people to be able to land there and be able to get support, glean information, connect with each other without having, you know, insurance, whatever it is. But my one-on-one program is, it's a unique program that I created myself based on my experience through grieving and the things that I felt were missing, right? The things that I felt I had to do on my own, that I had to sort of learn the hard way and go through the school of hard knocks and And things are so different. So my baby daughters, they died 15 years ago. And that doesn't seem like a lot of time, but in the world of information and technology, it's actually a huge amount of time. When my baby daughters died, there was zero information. Unless you dug up books in an old library somewhere and maybe some AOL chat rooms, if people even remember what an AOL chat room is, that was the only way to really engage. And it was kind of just on the precipice of a couple of blogs. But other than that, like we didn't have, Instagram didn't even exist. Facebook was barely what it is today. YouTube was nothing. Like the ability to gain information was almost zero. So I suffered from a complete lack of information where now 15 years later, what we're dealing with is hyper-information, this unbelievable influx of everyone and, and their opinions. And when it comes to the grief space, that can be very dangerous because just because you've grieved does not mean you know anything about healing. Just because you've had a loss does not mean you know how to actually help people get to the other side of their pain. Just because you have an opinion does not make it a truth. And the thing about grief is because it's so emotional and our feelings are so strong, it's easy to mistake our feelings as facts. And then we start functioning off these facts that are actually only feelings. And with time and support, we learn, oh my goodness, that's not actually how it is, right? So I feel very called to be an advocate in this space to help manage all of those myths and misunderstandings and misinformation and the bombardment of advice that is not necessarily trustworthy because grievers are vulnerable. I was vulnerable. You were vulnerable. When you're in that much pain, you're grasping for straws at that point. And I feel like grievers deserve to be protected from being bombarded with information that is not helpful to them. That's so important. It's something I think we don't think about enough, that it's important to seek help or information, but to make sure it's real and valid. 
Because it can be just anything. I I know one of the things that uh, I did. I've had two husbands die, and I I sought books I wanted to read, and uh, it seemed like so many of them were just memoirs, which was wonderful for the person who wrote them to to get it out, you know, work through it themselves on paper. Right, but it's not actual action steps, is it? No, no action steps, no no real help for me, made me sad for them, you know, I, I would like feel worse after I read it than I did before. And so I, I was searching for something else. That's, that's en- essentially how uh, my book and my podcast and all my work has come forward. And especially with my realization that the importance of happiness, that you can be happy, that because your grieving doesn't condemn you to the rest of your life of not being able to smile. I like that. The importance of happiness. Mm-hmm. That's that's why I'm grief and happiness. I have the, the grief and happiness podcast and the grief and happiness Alliance, which also is something that there's no charge for because I believe as you do that People shouldn't have to have a lot of money or a good insurance plan or something to be able to get the support that they need. And so we we do this with these weekly Zoom meetings with no uh, no financial obligation at all. And we write together and talk about what we write and we learn happiness practices. And it's it's so loving and supportive. And the people that have been meeting, it, they just have become good friends. And it's, it's a beautiful thing. Yeah. I think, I think first of all, we underestimate the role of relationships and healing. Yes. Right. Because that's what at the essence of grief, if you boil it down, it's about relationship, right? Grief is caused when you lose a relationship that you wanted to keep, whether that was a, a tangible relationship with an actual person or even an intangible relationship with a hope or a dream or a need or whatever that is. And there's different levels like grief, you know, can be intense. It can be mild. You know, I'm a firm believer that there's so many life struggles that are actually rooted in unresolved grief, right? We're taught how to acquire things, but we're not taught how to lose them. So Mm -hmm. when we lose things, we don't know what to do. And then we, uh, you know, have strange coping mechanisms just to try to make it through that don't necessarily create healing in our life. And then we, we miss out on things. We don't have fulfilling meaningful purpose but it's remarkable how when a relationship comes back into our life to speak life back into us right to connect with us to hear us to see us to validate us all of the the difficulty and the confusion falls away for a minute and we just get some healing we just get life breathed back into us and it's so important to keep connecting people to people, grievers to grievers. But I also think we live at a, in a time where, for whatever reason, grief is still seen as a very abstract thing, even though it's super concrete. It's super real. <laughs> like yes. it's tangible. It's palatable. It's you can you can feel its presence. You know, if if I was diagnosed with cancer, and I went to a cancer support group, and somebody told me to just think positively, right? People would say, you are freaking crazy. You need to go to the doctor and you need to get the medicine that you need and the treatment that you need and the plan that you need. And you are putting yourself in danger if your only method, right, is to just think positively or pray about it or hope for something different, right? Or 
take a, an herb or something, right? And not, and I actually love herbal medicine, so I'm not at all not <laughs> herbal medicine. I love it. But the point is, is like when we, when we see real hardship, real illness, real problem, we have real solutions for them. But for whatever reason, grief has sort of been moved into this separate category. Like it's all just a perception, right? If you just change your mindset, you grief won't affect you. When in reality, grief is not about a mindset at all. It's about a heart set, right? It's about recognizing my heart is broken. Even if my cognitive understanding gets that people die or gets that nothing lasts forever, or we can wrap our head around it, it doesn't matter because the goal is we got to wrap our heart around it. And if our heart's in a million pieces, we're not wrapping our heart around anything. And so that ability to step into the grieving space to say, by the way, this isn't a free-for-all. There are actual, tangible, and constructive ways to put the pieces of your heart back together and move yourself to the other side of your pain. It's, it's like, it reminds me of fitness. I'll use this as a good analogy, fitness. There's many different ways to move your body and improve your health and get in shape. And all of those things benefit our well-being. Okay, there's so much science that says if you're not moving and breathing and sweating a little bit every day, you're probably not living your best life. Okay. So some people love the stairmaster and some people love to go on walks and some people are crossfitters, right? We don't all have to be a crossfitter in order to be to be healthy, to be fit. But there is also a science behind it that says, if you're not moving enough, if you're not sweating enough, it doesn't matter how well intentioned you are, your body is going to take the hit. Okay, grief functions very much that way. There's different, um, you can apply the rules to your own grief experience in a way that's productive to you, but it's not a free-for-all there's still limitations that say if you're not doing certain things, you're not going to be moving through your pain, right? I can't be in shape if I just lay on the ground and don't move. That's right. But there's so many voices out there telling grievers, it's your own journey. Figure it out yourself to each their own, whatever you need to do. And I think that's why grievers are so overwhelmed and are so stuck because they're going, uh, it's not working. It's not, I don't know what to do. And it turns out whatever I do is actually not effective at all. And some grievers want to stay grieving and that's fine. I'm not here to tell anyone how to live, tell anyone how to feel, tell anyone what to do. But when you have that moment in your pain where you ask the question, is there healing for me? Is there life out after my pain? Is there something else than this? I just want to make sure that I am there to say yes. Yes, there is. If you want to make a different choice, you have a different choice. You don't just have to wait. You don't just have to hope. You can be proactive in your pain and you can cultivate healing in your life just like you cultivate fitness by doing the things that you need to do in the right order on repetition to build yourself back up to feeling like the life that you want to live right, is available to you versus the life you feel like you have to live after grief. That's right. 
that, boy, this is so important. I hope you're all listening out there because there's so much uh, valid, important support for you here, but just what we're talking about. I'd like to talk a little bit about your tea because I I love it. <laughs> I'm glad. I'm yeah. glad you love it. Uh, it's it's quite wonderful. And I I find that things like fragrance is something that can help me uh, feel better. It just is comforting. And the the tea is in cans with and it's loose and you can and it's it's sealed nicely so that you can pop the lid off the can and get this amazing fragrance that just it feels good just to breathe the in this this fragrance of of these teas and as you said, you had the, the different ones, and I, I have the, the Christmas collection, too. So <laughs> I think I have them all now. And each one of them um, is different. So I'll open up the cupboard and say, well, do I want to find peace today? Or <laughs> do I, I want to find joy, whatever it is, and I pick the can that's got the right word on it. So <laughs> <laughs> that's I mean, that's my dream scenario. That's what I always envisioned. Four tea motions, both my sister and I, that was our goal is that all six teas would be in people's cupboards and they could open up that cupboard and choose the tea that they needed to help them choose the way that they wanted to feel, right? That there would be an an aspect of empowerment that said, even though I could not control what's happening to me, I could not, I can't control my loss or I can't necessarily control my stress or there are external circumstances that I don't get to decide but I do get to decide how I feel. And these teas are an amazing tool that help me choose how I want to feel. And that's why we have six of them because our emotions are a full spectrum. There isn't just one way to feel, right? We need support in different categories. That's also why we made sure that all of them smell amazing, taste amazing, and are effective because there is this element of ritual of experience, right? We soothe and comfort ourselves through that experience. If they're not beautiful to look at, if they don't smell amazing, if they don't taste good, then they're just medicine. And I do not believe that grievers need to be medicated. I believe grievers need to be supported. But on the other side of that, those herbs, so we use adaptogens, superfoods, and other healing herbs that specifically target different systems of the body, because different types of emotions impact different systems of the body. So depending on what's going on and swirling around in you and what you're feeling, you're going to need a different combination of herbs to support your body in the way that it needs to be supported. So it's the combination of understanding that grief and emotional stress and the hard things in life are emotional and physical at the same time. And we need emotional support, a way to soothe and comfort ourselves, but we also need physical support, a way to build our bodies back up under what we're experiencing so that we actually can move through our pain from a supported place, both physically and emotionally, and not from a depleted place. Because I think that's really the the first lesson I learned is that it does not matter how hard you are willing to work all of the things you're willing to do, the emotional work you're willing to do through grief, 
if you are coming from a completely depleted and exhausted physical body, your body will override your emotional progress because it will always prioritize physical surviving over emotional thriving. So if you are not supporting your body up under that emotional stress, if you are not giving your grieving self what it needs on the most fundamental physical level, any efforts that you are going to make to heal, to grow, to become self-aware, to do therapy, to go to support groups, like all of that other emotional work gets sabotaged by the fact that your body is going, I can't do it. I'm overwhelmed. I'm broken down. I'm depleted. I'm sick. Because our bodies are really intuitive. They're really smart. They tell us like, hey, I'm taxed. And emotional experiences tax our physical body. It's not one or the other either, or it's both at the same time always. So when we can drink a cup of tea that not only soothes and comforts us, but also is full of healing herbs that actually build our body back up, we're moving ourselves closer to the healing that we want to experience with every sip. So all of our other efforts, all of our other work matters because our body is no longer undermining or self-sabotaging. Wow. Could you tell us the, the six different teas? Sure, I can. So we wanted to make sure that now, first, we are aware that there are more than six emotions, okay? <laughs> but we tried to pick six teas that kind of encompass a group of emotions so that as many right as, are, as possible are considered. And so our first tea is called the Chief Clarity. And it is a vanilla Earl Grey black tea that is blended with herbs that specifically support cognitive function. So this tea is really to help support the brain because grief brain is real. <laughs> when you are overwhelmed with emotional pain, our brains shut down. And that's actually a preservative, right? Self-protection response. Our brains are like too much. We can't do it. We just need to focus on surviving. But if you find yourself frustrated with, you can't think, you can't remember you can't put two thoughts together. You're trying to make decisions and everything's foggy. Achieve clarity works to actually help restore clear thinking, boost your memory, right? Calm your central nervous system so your brain can actually take over. And it's absolutely delicious. Um, it's a wonderful tea. It smells like heaven. Our very first tea that we ever created, which is actually, we call it the second tea in our line, is Discover Joy which is a lemon vanilla green tea that is blended with herbs that specifically lift your mood so that if you're sad or down or low, you have a natural antidepressant, a natural uplifting herbal tea that, first of all, it supports your lungs, which your lungs are the organ system of the body that's most affected by sadness. So anything that builds up your lungs is going to help lift you out of deep sadness. Our third T is uh, Seek Peace. And Seek Peace is a, um, a caffeine-free coconut chai, and it's made with red rooibos, which is a caffeine-free herb that's high in minerals. And the purpose of Seek Peace is it's blended with liver support herbs, and it's for anger and frustration and stuffed in or pent-up emotions. So if you're having either a hard time feeling your feelings or the only feeling you're feeling is anger, right? You're just, you're just flooded. You're overloaded because anger is a secondary emotion. It's always rooted in a, a, a deeper emotion. So sometimes we need to like unravel our anger. 
Seek Peace has liver support herbs because anger bogs down our liver. So when we can support our liver, we're able to release those emotions and actually get some clarity around what's really going on inside of us. Plus, it is absolutely delicious. Like the coconut and the chai, or like the chai spices actually help to warm and soothe your body. It's an amazing tea. A little bit of coconut milk in it is phenomenal. Our fourth tea is called Have Hope. It's a peppermint cream, and it contains a unique blend of herbs that actually help with anxiety and anxiousness and worry and fear. So it's a very centering tea. It helps to calm your central nervous system, and it helps reset you at an equilibrium so that you don't feel so overwhelmed and your decisions are not fear-based and you can see a little bit more hope in your situation. And then our next tea is Enjoy Rest, which is our award winner at one first place at the World Tea Competition. It is an apple cinnamon chamomile tea that's blended with an herb called ashwagandha. And the whole point of that tea is to help you rest and to help you sleep. So you're going to get rejuvenation. You're going to be able to enhance the effectiveness of all the other teas because you're coming from a rested place. It's the best before bed tea you can imagine. And then our sixth tea is called Fine Strength. It is a jasmine passion fruit tea that's blended with an amazing herb called Eleuthera root. And the goal of this tea is it actually helps to restore your heart or your motivation, right? The part of you that starts waning when you feel overwhelmed with grief. You're like, I just don't know. I don't know what I can do. I'm not so sure about myself anymore. It helps to boost confidence. It helps to restore energy, both emotionally and physically. So physical and emotional energy in the body. It is so delicious. I actually think that fine strength is our most underappreciated tea. It is my favorite one, uh, but they're all amazing. But the point is with all six of these teas, you have the ability to support yourself in any area of your emotional needs at any time that you need your emotional needs met. And even if you're, you know, they're great to pull out of the cupboard when you're like, man, I need some support. But they're also great to pull out of the cupboard when you realize I'm in a good place and I want to honor this emotion, right? I want to say, I recognize that this is a good moment, right? So sometimes you need hope, but other times you have hope and you just want to drink a cup of have hope to say like, look at me, look at where I've, where I've gotten, look at where I've been and look at where I am now. And so there's, it becomes a tea ritual, right? It, it, it isn't just a, um, something that you do when you're stressed. It also becomes something that you do just because you enjoy it and you want to maintain and nurture that good space that you've gotten yourself to by intentionally supporting yourself. Oh, just, I'm going to, as soon as we finish, go make myself a cup, another <laughs> cup of tea. And I can honestly say I don't have a favorite because <laughs> I love them all. And that's really something because I've, I've been a tea drinker for years and have had quite a collection and I've been narrowing it down because some of them are, are fine, but they're they're not really wonderful. So my cupboard was getting a little bit bare. I had my my favorites here. Now I've got it full of <laughs> all these wonderful things and, and can just drink them whenever I want to. And it if I happen to not drink it fast enough and it gets cold, it's good cold too. <laughs> so I- Absolutely. I, yeah. I know over ice or hot. I mean, those herbs are going to be effective no matter what temperature you drink your tea at. 
right? Yeah. And the herbs are real and they do work and there's all kinds of science and history behind them. And I also think there's something powerful about using natural medicine to nurture mm. and nourish yourself through grief, right? If grief is a natural process, none of us are exempt from grief. Grief is not the representation of anything that's wrong with us. It's the representation of what's right with us because it means we can bond. It's painful and tricky, but it's still uh, that representation. Then why not, if it's natural, difficult, but natural, why not use the other natural things that are there to support you? That's right. Well, this this has been an absolutely wonderful conversation. And I I know that... There's a lot of hope in this conversation that people can see the essentialness of being in touch with each other and supporting each other and loving each other and drinking really good tea. <laughs> so, well, I've never heard anybody say I was worse off after an amazing cup of tea. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yes. And I've especially never heard anyone who was grieving say, Someone gave me a cup of tea and I got super mad at them because what a mean thing to do, right? Yeah. Like their tea is sort of this universal offering of love and support. And that's important. And you can, especially, even if you're not the griever, if you're just the person who loves the griever and you want to support the griever, tea becomes this fail-proof option to be able to offer the people in your life who are hurting without having to worry, am I saying the right things? Am I doing the right things? You know, what am I supposed to do here? You can eliminate all of that fear and trial and error by just saying, would you like a cup of tea, right? Can I serve you a cup of tea? And then what happens over a cup of tea might be magically healing, but it's the best first step that you can take with zero repercussions. No one is ever worse off from a good cup of tea. You know, one thing I was I was thinking about as you were saying that is oftentimes when uh, somebody dies and you want to send flowers or something to the funeral, send them a big box of this wonderful tea instead because it'll last and provide comfort for a long time instead of just a few days till it wilts. I know. Well, it's it's beautiful that you even say that because that was one of our motivations, right? I remember getting a house full of flowers and I know all of those people were well-intentioned, mm -hmm. right? They're just trying to care about me. But within a week, all of those flowers are dead. And it's a bit of a bummer to look around your house after you've buried your babies and now all of the flowers are dying and all of the people aren't coming around and all of the meals have stopped and life has to go on, which I understand that. But if I had something, if, if in that moment I could have looked at the dying flowers and the quiet house and the non-meals that weren't there and I could have walked to my cupboard and poured myself a cup of tea and taken a minute to comfort myself, it would have changed my healing journey. That's for sure. And that's what I want for people. I just want them to have that opportunity, even if it's just three minutes a day over a cup of tea, to feel like they have some power over their own heart. Oh, that's beautiful. Well, thank you so much for joining me. Uh, this has just been such a pleasure. And we'll have in the show notes all the links so that you can find out more about Grief Gal and 
find where you can get this lovely tea motions tea. And uh, I hope that you'll just have, well, I know that you're having tremendous success with your tea because it's, it's just phenomenal. And I really appreciate you being with us today. Well, I thank you for inviting me. It was really wonderful to finally meet you. And thank you. And uh, for my listeners, I'll see you again next week and we'll have another wonderful guest. And I appreciate you coming. Aloha. Do you want more comfort, support, and happiness? Join the Grief and Happiness Alliance. Visit my website at lovingandlivingyourwaythroughgrief.com and read my book, Loving and Living Your Way Through Grief. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast, rate it, review it, and binge on all our episodes on grief and happiness. I can't wait to welcome you back to another episode.